Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is Toddler Tired. When parents are tired of battling those toddlers, tired of always battling coaxing, cajoling, being calm, being patient, being understanding. Not to mention, when do parents just get their children to cooperate? Listen, make life easier. So what's our topic? It's really parents tired, exhausted, bruised and battered from living with strong, opinionated, and tireless toddlers. I have two very smart, very creative parents at the square table today. A great big welcome to Stephanie Welshelbaum and Rachel Sobel, who's also known as the mom blogger from Wine and Cheez-Its. This topic came up when Stephanie stopped me in the hallway to say, Karen, what do I do when? I've read everything you post, and it's still a struggle. I told her that clearly the posts, the textbook answers, and all that developmental blah, blah, blah is somehow missing the boat somewhere, and that I give her and Rachel permission to pin me down for the answers that you're really searching for. I sure hope I have some answers. Stephanie, tell us what's happening with your two-and-a-half-year-old since she's left family time, started summer camp, and grown into a big new self. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Um, yeah, so she has become a full-on little person who's speaking in sentences and has very strong opinions and has started, the opinions I could deal with, um, and the, she started to exhibit more, uh, I guess, like, terrible two behaviors, even though I don't, I'm not Defiance, to call it resistance, as, opposition. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff, too, but more so, like, the physical <laughs> stuff is what's taxing for me. Okay, go for um, it. I feel like I can negotiate with her, and we have, like, the ways that we kind of deal with when she has opinions, but more so she's throwing things, she's hitting, she's pushing, okay. she's kind of running around like crazy, she won't sit at the table anymore. Okay, um, so this, more is, that a, kind this of is a little girl who was... Kind, gentle, quiet. watchful, quiet. Yeah. So this and that's is why I think it's so tiring really for me because interesting. it's a it's a quick it's like a shift. She still is all those things. Like if yes. she sit quietly and read a book, and she is still kind, but she's also throwing. So she's ex- okay. So so it's interesting because I again I might reframe that. But, but so the way you're describing it is that she's gone into this whole new physical expression of our, of her emotions. Right dissatisfaction, anger, frustration. Mm -hmm. So is it that it's exhausting that she's physical or it's exhausting because you can't get through 
to the reason for this behavior that you're seeing? I think for the most part, the reasons I'm kind of clear on, it usually happens with her younger cousin, who now has turned one and is playing with her things and is more move is moving around and touching things um or it happens she gets like very very excited and i think that's like the outlet where it comes it kind of comes out even if it's not a negative excited she just can't control um so or she does it like like when i go out of town for work she'll kind of start she'll hit when i come back whoever was kind of like in that role while i was away she starts hitting and pushing away so i understand it's a reaction to like now i'm my mommy's back go away um so i kind of what i've been doing is kind of pulling her aside away from the situation i give her a hug and i say um you know do we love so and so do we give the people we love boo-boos i make her say no and then i make i make her say no okay pause right there okay so how does she respond to that sometimes she says it it depends sometimes she's like she knows she shouldn't be doing it and she says she'll go yes and then i ask her again and she'll say no and i make her go give the person a hug and a kiss and say i'm sorry and i love you (laughs) um Okay, because I'm at, I'm I'm picturing not I mean you of the two moms at this table I, I I will just say like you appear to be the person who in a conflict with a grown up would would be very would would treat the conflict the way you're coaching your daughter to I'm do very it. non-confrontational non-confrontational <laughs> yeah. versus Rachel who would just express that absolutely uh, so so what I'm picturing is hypothetically let's pretend you are so angry at your husband because he and he's a good guy and he's a kind gentle person but you've come back from out of town and he's made a mess of something that you took a while to manage and then I come to you and I say, why would you be angry at him? He's, he's <laughs> such a good man. Why would you even want to yell at him? Because I, I know you wouldn't just... Re- I mean, that's just not realistic, is it? I guess not. How would you feel if you were in her shoes and she's mad at you for being out of town? Um, or mad at her, mad at at at, or, or her cousin who's who's now like intruding on her space, on her possessions, on her life, as much as a younger sibling would. Um, I guess I under, I obviously understand where she's coming from and why she's mad about those things and the fact that she doesn't yet have the ability to express those things in a non-physical way. And is it not um, a nice girl who gets angry? That's true. My school should get angry at things that they're yeah. not happy with. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess my goal with the way I've been handling it is to get her to see, like, it's okay for that to happen. That's why I kind of skip, pull her aside. I don't yell at her. I pull her aside. I tell her it's okay, but we don't do this. Right. And right, pull her right. away so that it's not, like, in front of everybody or embarrassing. You know, like, yeah. kind of, like, take her aside right, and, like, right, we talk right. about it. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, she, like, right away will understand and then sometimes like we she spend a good 20 time. we spend a good 20 minutes with me saying do we do that and her saying yes and like running away from me and then okay. I go get her okay. and then I bring and, her back and, and, and out of the yeah. mouths of babes yeah do we do that and she says yes so they so, mess with us like yeah. they really she knows that no, she knows I'm looking for the answer is, no I know the right answer yes. I know the answer you want me to say right. is no yeah. right but that's not my answer so how dare you put words in my mouth I don't think she's messing well I use that term loosely I think that 
You know, children learn to be manipulative very early and not in a malicious way. They just learn the act of manipulation because they see they get certain things from certain behaviors. And so whether they realize what they're doing or not, they manipulate. They do. I've I've seen it with two of my own children, other people's children. They don't know what they're doing. They're not being duplicitous. But manipulation is something... Describe I don't think necessarily that that she's manipulating, but I think that she knows, like you said, she She knows knows the the answer she's supposed to get. And I will tell you, there's a third mom, someone from your class, who who texted me with like, oh my gosh, she knows this. And I said, you have to come today. She said, my daughter knows that's not what we do. Yeah. And she won't stop. Well, and when I say messes with, I think that they... There's like a little bit of clowning around to when they give answers. Like, I know the way you're describing when she's mm-hmm. saying yes when Sienna is doing something and I do the counting thing which I still don't know what's supposed to happen at the end of the one, counting two, thing magic. but we all do it one two three take five and I just go one and she looks at me and smiles and goes two three and counts like we're playing a game and you I'm are like, playing a game from her point of view you right, are and right. she is so proud of herself for understanding no she thinks she's doing well that's and I think, right and the example you gave <laughs> the example you gave with Stephanie's husband the way that I see it differently and why I don't I it's hard for me to put those same expectations on a toddler is because with my husband I expect him to conduct himself in a certain way I expect him not to make a giant mess when I go out of town I expect him not to make my life more difficult we have this understanding like we're both grown-ups I forgot the rules are we allowed to curse on this or not yeah okay we all nobody wants to raise an asshole we don't want our kids to be the ones who are like, oh my God, that kid's a problem. So I think that as mothers, there's so much pressure on us to raise the kind human beings and raise, even though they get angry and even though they have those moments of expressing their opinions, we want them to be kind to other children. So when they see those behaviors like throwing and kicking and hitting, I think we have an internal panic yes. like, oh God, th- yeah. this can't be my kid. Mm-hmm. Good and point. We, Excellent yeah. point. We need to walk this balance of we want children who are kind, who are gentle, who have have a voice who are respected and honored and who absolutely are respectful, understand limits, can comply with rules when they need to. Mm -hmm. And how do you walk that contradiction? And so for me, and this is, call me on it if you must, I think that the frustration, the exhaustion, the tired, the I hate this stage on the days I hate this stage. And mm-hmm. Stephanie said, I just got back from out of town. I love her. She's perfect today. <laughs> well, I love her every day. Of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> but I, uh, you know. But she's not, she's not the kid. I haven't had her throw anything at me for four days, so I'm... There yeah. you go. So it's, yes, how do I, how do I give this voice and choice and respect, but still be respected and not exhausted? And it seems to me, when I hear you, I want to say I would never approach with those expectations. But I won't also approach with children are in charge of me and the world. I, so I, I, but again, as the non-parent who gets the four-day break or the 20-hour <laughs> the break in between seeing them and their testing moments, I can do that. Well, I guess my question is what... Are you supposed to, right? So, like, I don't want to yell at her. I don't want to... I know you're not supposed to do time out. Okay, so, so, so first like, oh, with I do no, all those things. First with the <laughs> not... Like, sometimes it does get to me and I, like... First with the not yelling. Yeah, yeah. But, like, hysterics. Yeah. And, 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 and... Then we'll come to time out and we'll yeah. come to hitting. Is hysterics or reactivity. 
in any way prevents them from listening. And all the new brain research is so clear. If you are in an emotional response, they go to fight and flight. They go to their reactive part of the brain. They can't hear your message. In order to hear your message, they have to go to, to, to executive function, which is the prefrontal cortex. And this, so, so we're messing with brains. And right. that's why calm teaches calm. Start with calm. Right. But so that's why I've been pulling her aside. But, but wait, but it's not the, oh, honey. Like, yeah. I'm laughing and... <laughs> Uh, when I see somebody out there yeah. at the mall who's got a hysterical child saying, now I really want to validate <laughs> what you're feeling. That's BS. Yeah. We know that if it feels crazy, it is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and, and we as educators, we've known this forever. Like Bev Boss used to say, when you're doing that teacher script in a classroom and you sound like a fool, you are a fool. Don't, don't think that kids can't read that. So... No yelling. We'll, we'll come back to timeout. We'll come back to the hitting. But in emotional reactivity, what's happening is they're turning you out and they're just going, my mom's, my mom's anxious, my mom's upset, my, and my mom is this, and they will laugh or cry. Or that's where I think the manipulative comes in yeah. is if my mom is hanging off a cliff and ready to pull me down with her, then what's going to happen is I have to either cajole or go to fear in order to try to bring her off her cliff. So reactivity doesn't work. That that oversweet, I'm not gonna be a stern, factual, clear speaking parent is only gonna lead a child that's gonna try to pull you off the cliff, yeah. up the ante on you, and either keep hitting or keep bouncing off of walls. So somehow you have to get to clarity. And 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 while you say, I don't wanna yell, I want you to have a stern voice. I want and I want you and I don't need you to over talk it. From people like me who are over-talkers, over-thinkers, we slip into the over-talking mode easily. And that's why I'm, I want you to call me out on my uh, over-thinking, over-intellectualizing this. So what happens is you have to be able to say, may I use her name? Sessie, yeah. <laughs> you may not. You may not hit me or your cousin. I know you need a minute. I'll be back. Done. Done. You you set the boundary. You put the you put the 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 bumpers around the behavior. It's stop and desist. It's hers to own. It's not yours in that moment to fix, to cajole, to be invested in. Because so we're not we don't make her apologize. Well, the problem with making children apologize, and 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 Rachel's read the stuff, so that's why she chuckled with me, is again back to grown-up relationships. If you are really angry at a grown-up, your mother-in-law, your husband, your best friend, and you've said something, you've done something wrong. I mean, legitimately inappropriate. And you say, and that person says to you, you owe me an apology. You do owe them an apology. And intellectually, you know you do. And, they're, and you're going to be like, you're right. 
Sorry. Right. Because I'm still angry. <laughs> I'm still have I haven't let go. And so what happens with children is they are taught you do something wrong, you you have to say you're sorry. You don't have to feel empathy. You don't have to understand the other person's experience in this. You don't I, this, you're done with all responsibility. Just say you're sorry. And then what happens is they do all the inappropriate things and they walk through and go, sorry, sorry, sorry. And you see children who take no responsibility. Oh my God, you're right. Choices. I just realized that happens. Yeah, that like, sense. I just realized that happens in my house. Yeah. Because we do the same thing. Yeah. If Sienna is doing the same, we are in a hitting phase and uh, uh, throwing things. And, and I'm talking throwing iPads, like throwing expensive things yeah. that she I don't want thrown. Things. And I had a very different experience with Ava as a toddler. Maybe I don't remember it as well, but I was younger. She was just more docile. She never was a tantrum thrower. She whined, but she just wasn't that kid who did the wet noodle. Sienna is oh, all of those things. Noodle. And I don't, know if, I don't know if you remember, I cried to you in family time because when Sienna hit that tantrum phase, I was so mentally unprepared for it because it's harrowing. And... Whether it happens in public or in private, it just sucks the life out of you because you have this being who is losing their minds and you can't reconcile how to fix it because you can't reason with, I, I'm not using yes, the term crazy yes. and disrespectful, yes. they're losing their minds. You can't reason with that. And I remember, you can't reason at any age with the fight and flight right, part of the brain. Right. And I said it to you and I remember you saying just what you said a few minutes ago, how don't yell. Don't, you know, don't get, like, worked up. Just say to her, I know you have big feelings. I know you have a lot going on. I I, I understand. It's okay. We're going to get through, you know, like, just to be more supportive. Finish that and I'll be back. It is so hard for me to be supportive to a toddler who's acting like a raging lunatic. Okay, but now this, I think, is the crux. Now, we have to come back to all the what ifs and, and what to do's. But this is the answer to your question, how not to raise an a-hole. Mm -hmm. If I'm involved and trying to fix, steer, own this problem, they don't have to take responsibility. As much, when you are engaged and invested, they know you are in it with them, mm -hmm. which is a beautiful, wonderful thing. They have an ally. They have an ally, but it's also an ally that says, I'm not alone in this, but I also don't have to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I can't figure out whether I'm 18 months, whether I'm 5, whether I'm 15, or whether I'm 30. I don't have to go through my own process of figuring out what I think, what I feel, what I want to do, and how I want to fix it myself. So what I can tell you developmentally is if I just look and, and this works in a simple way with toddlers and a more complicated way with two and a half and three-year-olds and a more complicated way with five and six-year-olds. But if I say, you, you need, I need, I can help you. But right now, I want you to get calm. And right now, all I need you to know is you may not hit. I'm so, you're hitting me. I know you want to tell me something if she's even at it, and she's verbal. So you can, you might even at this age say, I know, mommy went on a trip and you hit mommy every time she comes back from her trip. Take a minute, I missed you too. We'll figure this out later. Just, so you try not to make a big deal out of it. You don't have to make any big deal out of it. You can come back and make the teachable moment. Then you can come back and go, you wanna talk about why I don't like being hit? 
You want to talk about why we have a problem when you and your cousin are playing. We want to invite your cousin over. We want her to play with you. You want to play with her. You don't want her to have her, your toys. What are we going to do? I'm listening to everything you're saying, and it, it 100% makes sense, and I get it, and I want to be that parent. I do. I feel like I'm more the parent who, I don't know if you ever saw Jerry Seinfeld's bit about um, the mafia-style parenting, where like he will be in the car with the child, and the child's going crazy, and he's like, oh, you really like that teddy bear. What would you do if that teddy bear flew out the window and you never saw it again? Like He takes things away. Yeah. I am that parent. I am, do that again, and you lose the iPad for a day. Do that again. Like, I am the consequences parent because I don't know what else to barter with other than the things that I know they love so dearly, and I want to take them away because I want them to understand that there are consequences. But you're so right. At this age, they don't understand. And I, I see it now with my older one. When I say, you need to apologize, she'll go, sorry. And I'm like, that is not an apology. And she goes, I'm giving you what you want, and it's not good enough for you. And I'm like, she is giving me what I want, but how do I explain to her that there's a sincere apology that you can tell with every fiber of your body is right, and there's one to put your parents at ease to give them what they want? It's two different things. The right kind of apology comes with two ingredients. Knowing what was the mistake, knowing that mommy doesn't like that, that hurts mommy's feelings, that breaks things that cost money. Those are choices that were, you were out of control, you made a decision that hurt somebody or something or yourself, and how are we gonna fix it? How do we make amends for the, for the choice that you made? And so the sincere apology has to be built on empathy. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, but it has to start with themselves. And so you use the word consequences, and that's a funny use of the word because it's mafia consequences. Mm-hmm. Real consequences are natural consequences or logical consequences. Those are not punitive. And that's why the hitting, the timeout, taking things away, or bribe is also punitive because it's like, you will do this for me. And so you're hanging threats over them. And so they have to walk on eggshells back to expectations because kids are always going to mess up. Kids, even when they know the rules, know the expectations, they do not have the executive function to say, take a deep breath, make the decision that will lead to the best choices and consequences. They will make decisions that will self-sabotage their best interests. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do something that's going to make the whole world mad at me. I'm going to make choices that I'm going to alienate my friends, my parents, my grandparents, and lose toys. And I will do it no matter what. And if you get in that negative spiral, they will up the ante and it just gets worse and worse because they'd rather, you called it manipulation, they'd rather engage mm-hmm. in that horrible negative spiral than, than be able to find their way out to, all right, that, let's, let's figure out what went wrong. Let's figure out how to make it right. Let, let me, and I will tell you that I am on your side. You're not going through this alone, but there is a piece of this that's your work to do separate from me. And I believe that this works even in my under two class. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as, okay, you hit your cousin. She's here for a play date. You can say, take a minute, and then you decide whether you want her to stay or go. So what do you do when the, because with, and I don't know if you have this with Ceci, but with Sienna, last night, for example, she hit Ava, just walked up to her and smacked her in the stomach. I said, no, say sorry to your sister. She said, sorry, you know, in the voice, but she looked at me and did it again. 
Because she doesn't know what gets her. And she does that. She'll pull my hair lightly. And I'll go, don't pull mommy's hair. That's not nice. And she'll look at me and pull it again and smile. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's why I say they're messing with me. I'm like, oh, my God. She is. But here's the they're messing with me. Point number one of discipline. And I don't even know if we use the word discipline anymore. It feels no, like I, such a... We're not allowed to say anything It sounds anymore. like such an archaic I know, word. I, know. I, don't, I don't. But here's, here's the rule. You say it once, never more than twice. But you never say something you can't enforce. So what do you do? Wait, physically? let me explain why. Because you end up in a power struggle where you say no and they say yes. Mm-hmm. And you've got nothing. You're on shaky ground. Because yep. you say, don't pull my hair. She's still in hair pulling range. Mm-hmm. So when you're going to say, don't pull my hair, you have to say, don't pull my hair and move back. Okay. I'm not going to, because it really means I'm not going to let you pull my hair. If you say we don't, and if when you have siblings and you say your brother, it doesn't do that, then they just up the ante. Same thing with cousins. Your cousin's being nice. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not choosing nice path. That's just a challenge for me to, to up my ante the other way because I know I can engage you. The manipulation... You're calling it manipulation, but I'm saying flip that script because you're setting yourself up for the manipulation because yeah. you've set the terms. You're right. So and so instead, it's not manipulate. They don't come manipulating. You came and set the game rules as I dare you. So they're following our lead. You dared them. Yeah. So so now instead of manip- so let's go back to the hitting. So w- with the hitting, it's I'm not going to let you do that. And then I'm. I have before I utter a discipline strategy, a rule. Uh, we don't. Uh, that's not nice. I can't let you. You have to know exactly how you're going to enforce it. So that means you have to think ahead. So that if you have something that's repeating, you know when they throw their food, when they hit me, when they do this, this will be my response. And I'm going to stick with that consistently and reliably and know how I'm going to get them to stop that action or set a logical or natural consequence. If you're going to hit your cousin and you you don't want to try better, we'll have to send her home. And tell her we love her and we'll see her another time. Now, back to the, the, the situation of her hitting her sister in the stomach. Okay, so she hits. Now, I, what, now you can't shift your parenting course here. I mean, you've, right. already, you've already set these rules. I say, say sorry. Right. You're going to say that for the next year until you learn a new habit. Right. So given that reality, she hits her sister. You say, say you're sorry. She says she's sorry, does it again. Right. So now what do you say? You say... Ava, do you accept your sister's apology? Oh, I don't have to say that. Ava goes, I do not accept your apology. Every time she does it. So then you said, but now you have to stop everything. Now this is the pause and engage in five minutes of how do I a teachable moment. And if you don't have the time here, you say, we're going to figure this out later. So So then Ava says, I don't accept your apology. And you say, Sienna, she doesn't believe you. So instead of saying sincere apologies, not sincere apologies, do you mean it? Oh, that, 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 you say, she doesn't believe it. That means not good, not good enough. Mm-hmm. Your sister can't, isn't going to let you come close because she knows you, you, you're going to hit her in the stomach and she doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. Ha, so what you and have to remove fi- the person, like the person walks like. How do, it's like where's your? It's yeah. Well, because like Sessie does that with my like. My, my mom and my mother-in-law, so what should they do? They should say, I should say, we don't, we don't hit, 
And then, because you hit her, she's going to well, go to the other be, room? It, again, depending on how careful you want to be about yeah. the choice of your words, you're saying, we don't hit. She's saying... <laughs> I do. I do. Right. I, I do. So, I mean, I could say, so, so you, so you don't, don't hit. hit. No, oh, don't she does hit. hit. No. <laughs> you're not allowed to say what you say. Grandma does. Grandma doesn't like it when you hit her. You put it on the yeah, victim. Okay. You put it on the person who's being hit. Right. It's her voice. It's like, Grandma, is that okay? Not okay. Grandma, do you want to be close when you're being hit? No, thanks. Sessie, she's Grandma's gonna go play over there because she doesn't want you to hit her. What can you do or say to say what's not that that you're really living? This isn't how we're going to interact. And I, as the grown-up, can manage the moment so that we're not going to consistently revisit. I'm going to shut it down, and then we're going to say, okay, done with that. Let's move on. So your actions teach. If you want to go to big picture on what it means to be friends, what do you like doing at Grandma's house? How else can you tell Grandma you don't like something? How You can come back and revisit. You want Grandma to hear you. Maybe you can do it in that moment, maybe not. You have to read. If she's but you want her to engage, it becomes problem solving for her. What are you trying to tell grandma without hitting? And and you might even like hold her hand and say, tell her say it again. No, grandma, I don't want to sit at the table. Okay, guess what? We can't run around with food at grandma's house. It, it, it's not simple because mm-hmm. it's going to be the, and then this, and then this, and then this. But will you get to the real cause of the frustration, the anger, the impatience? You're still in charge. Mm-hmm. But it's with them being fully responsible for their choices, their behavior, and their mistakes. I think for me, that's the hardest thing is I don't feel in charge. I know I'm in charge. I know I built this circus. I know that I know that for all intents and purposes, I am in charge, but I do not feel in charge. And my toddler makes me cry once a week. Like once a week, I am in tears because I'm like, how did this happen? Like, so I think that, yes, in theory, you're right. We, We are the parents. Wait, wait. Okay, well, let me hold your thought. If you can. Two things I need to say about that. First, I cry once a week. We gave out the adulting stickers. <laughs> as, as Everybody Google adulting stickers because grown up is hard. And one of those stickers is, I didn't cry today. So, so yes, you need to acknowledge that and validate that and say, parenting is so hard. Adulting is so hard. At this stage in my children's life, I want to cry every day or once a week. I need those. And then, and, and then you, you hold that and say, what do I need? Step one, the self-care, the self-awareness. Second, what you said is, I forgot my point. (laughs) Um, Oh, out of control. Yeah. Powerless. Start there. Before you start trying to figure out the discipline strategies, the, the what's the right answer in this moment, how do I teach my child, you have to know, you start with the emotional intelligence of yourself and your child. What do I need? What do they need? If you're feeling powerless, you're heading for a power struggle. Because power struggles, by definition, are not two people fighting because they have power. It's two people without power. So before you can go forward into being the Mm grown-up, you have to go, where's my power in this moment? What can I do? What can I accomplish? Where's my voice? So what I'm hearing is it's probably too late for my 10-year-old because I have lost all power, but maybe I have hope with my toddler. (laughs) 
And here's the beauty of it, is that your 10-year-old knows you so well. I know. Loves you so much. She does. It's, it's, and, and accepts you and knows that what you're teaching her is all there. Yeah. So, so how do you shift course? How do you flip that script? I don't know. Is you, then you just start with, you know what? Miss Karen said, you know, <laughs> that, that I shouldn't have you apologize when you do things that are hurtful and mean. What do you think of that? She'll be like, oh, I knew I liked her. <laughs> that's what she'll, that's what okay, she'll so say. Okay, so you start there. And then you say, what else can we do? I want, and, and you go back. I think when you reframe it in, I want you to be kind, but I don't want you to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. And you, can, and you can say, you know, and you can find those words to say it to her. You know those girls that we don't like so much because they're bossy, because they don't know how to listen, because they're not kind. My job is to help you not be that. Yeah. And, and, and let's figure out a better way to do that so that I'm not frustrated because there's nothing more important to me than my time with you. Yeah. And she knows all that already. She does. She knows all that. No, but you're right. Sometimes it needs to be said. I think that we, whether you're a yeller or not, I think we all lose our shit with our kids. Absolutely. We just do in our own way. And they do get used to that cycle. And so it's like, I think mentally for them, they're like, all right, here, she's upset. This is how she handles it. It's going to be five minutes and it'll be over and then we'll, we'll be fine. Like, I think that they have the understanding of what's going to happen next. So there's no, it's predictable to them. They know what they can get away with. Yeah. They know that it's going to be fine in a matter of time. And I, you're right. Everything you're saying makes perfect but sense. It's hard to put into practice. Is we, we all lose our shit. We all have our own emotional intelligence journey. You're two women raising daughters. Yeah. It's a whole different set of issues with, with fathers raising sons and mothers raising sons, I think. So what in this situation it is, is I'm a yeller. I'm an overtalk. You know, it's, if we say, but you know what? When I try to tell you to say sorry for something you're not sorry for, we, we've said this a little bit before mm-hmm. we put on the mic, you know, hashtag me too. Mm-hmm. How do I say, you know what? I was taught that I had to be nice. I want you to be really, really nice, and I want you to be respectful too, but I also want you to have your voice and figure out how to do it. I have to learn this with you, because I didn't have it. I mean, you did have it, because you're a strong, powerful woman, but you're allowed, what are, I mean, maybe this is too much, and go ahead, you can call me out, but it's like, what are the values, if you just sit back and go, what are the values I'm trying to teach? How do I figure out how to teach them to be kind and not a pushover? Yeah. How do I teach? That's what, and, and, there's, and that's a legitimate question. So now you go to the, the hitting, the pl- toys, the, the dating. Now you ask those questions yeah. framed in, your, in the way you want it framed, not with them, not with you being this culturally reactive crazy person that's stressed out over life with no, kids. No, but, uh, but I do think it starts with what you're saying. A lot of it starts with language. A lot of it. As a writer, I never realized the damage you do when you send a simple email until I spoke to an editor saying things like, so sorry to bother you, but, or I just want to run this past you. You're going into it setting the tone that you are being apologetic and you have no reason to be apologetic. Yeah. Ignore my and power. it's such like yeah. a simple I'm thing. I'm going to tap dance. And so, so look at the tap 
tap dancing we yeah. put our kids yeah. through with old punitive styles of discipline. Yeah. When when it's I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what's right or wrong. You have to figure out what makes me happy. How to how to not feel your anger, your frustration. And again, we can do all of it and still raise respectful, autonomous, independent kids. Mm-hmm. But the expectations are always going to be. They're going to push your buttons, not because they're manipulative, but because they're trying to find voice, autonomy, independence. I know, cross the board, whether it's at 18 months, whether it's a two and a half, whether it's preschool, middle school, or high school, the children will fight you, you more than their teachers, more than their babysitters, their nannies, their grandparents, and maybe even more than the co-parents. Mm-hmm. Because you are the ones they are creating a sense of person. We're with. also on the front lines. You are. You get the you get it's, it you get the worst. Yeah. You are gonna get the worst. Yeah. And I can't stop that. And that's where your expectations are. Yes, they know better. Yes, I've taught them. And no, they will not be cooperative, sweet, accommodating children with you when you need them to be most because <laughs> you're exhausted exhausted so what was that? i was gonna ask you if you're like what do you, so they're they can't reason so like one time i was like why did you hit and like i know i've read the articles you post where like they can't reason why yet so if you're tra- they like, have reasons but they can't answer the why question. they don't know why they can't tell you why so what are you supposed to say so like let's say she looks at me she hits somebody i say so-and-so doesn't like it when you hit them. They're going to go to the other room. You know, I do that. And then I try to, like, have the conversation about what caused it and how we can avert that in the future As if a, they can't answer the why. How much do you trust your ability to observe and read the situation and the children? Rachel and I have been talking about maybe doing a, a, a mom's discussion or parent discussion group. I'm thinking I'm going to do it monthly. I've got a time slot. And what I think I'm going to frame it in is what do I need? What do they need? If we could just read the needs of any given mm-hmm. moment, we can. We have absolute power. So, right. so before you start asking, I need you to trust your mm-hmm. reflective ability and go, what, 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 so, did something go wrong? I mean, is something wrong yeah. is a clearer question than why did you hit your cousin? Right. <laughs> I mean, I think for the most part, I know why she doesn't most of the time. Yes. So but tell sometimes, me. Tell me. Tell it's me. Like when she wants attention, usually for me, or like someone's touching something she doesn't want them to touch. Like I kind of have averted the cousin thing by when she comes over, I say, pick five things Ollie can play with, and that's the things Ollie's going to play with. And obviously, Ollie wants to play with other things now, but like. Yeah. We try to keep it to Do that. you need my help right. reminding Ollie? Because yeah. Ollie's going to push as well. Yeah. Ollie's pushing the other direction. Right. Yeah. So or so you can say, do you need my help? Yeah. Do you need my help communicating what you, what, do you need me? I can help you if I understand you. Right. And you can just say, did you, do you need, do you need a minute? Do you right. just need a minute to try again? Right. Do you, or are you tired? You know, yeah. it's you can and, and maybe you explore it in the moment and maybe you explore it after. Yeah. But your goal isn't to have her admit. I mean, it's not inquisition. Mm-hmm. Tell me why so you know what <laughs> yeah. you did no, was wrong yeah. because yeah. Yeah. your your inquisition is 
I'm going to help you understand what triggered your behavior in a direction that makes you unhappy and me unhappy. Mm -hmm. Or you could just even go back further. Did it feel good to hit your cousin? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> I get that. I, you're allowed to say, I get that. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Moms aren't going to let cousins hit, bite each other. Right. Or, you know, I can't have crying. You can't say, don't make her cry, but you can say, I can't have, there's no crying at play dates right. is a legitimate rule to try to enforce. Because yeah. it's bigger, it's, it's not about me controlling you, it's about, the rule isn't about, nobody cries here, it's, that's not how our play dates go. Mm -hmm. When we invite friends over, we want this, this, and this for you and for them. Have you had enough? You're, t you're not asking why mm. to get her to admit a crime. You're asking why to help her understand herself. Right. So there's your question. Yeah. It's, it's crazy just, how complicated they are. They're so little. Yeah. And they're so, you know, they're these little things that we yeah. are responsible for, and they're so complicated. Yeah. They're so complicated. They're just little people. I know. Yeah. Well, I, I know. mean, she's becoming such a little person. Yeah. But for me, the hardest part is when I don't know why. Like, it will be for no reason. Oh, well, sometimes it's just, well, it's why is like that she harder? hits her sister and then she looks at you and yeah. does it again. But you don't really know. I mean, I guess it's attention. But we could all be sitting there playing and she has undivided attention and she'll still do it. So, so that I don't. That, okay. So, so I think it's so, attention seeking, but I don't really know is why. Is it that I don't know why and that prevents me from being the good parent I want to be because I don't know how to respond? Or is not knowing why. Why is it harder when you don't know why? Well, I think because when I know why, it could be like, I know it's frustrating when Ollie touches your toys. You know, I know you don't want, you know, someone else doing this. You want me doing it. I know that I was on my phone checking my work email and you want me to be reading you this book. I know, like, when I know why, I can be like, I know this is the reason you're upset and I'm going to help you. can validate you. her. If and you I don't can, know why, yeah. are you worried she's going to turn into that? No, not necessarily, <laughs> but I guess just is like why, so, like in the in the scheme of okay? how you've told us to handle this, yes. I feel like we need to get to the root of why okay. to help fix okay. it. Okay. Um, so when we don't know why and they can't express to okay. us why, let's go back to then expectations. How do we fix it? Completely unrealistic expectation on yourself. Okay. Be so what I was going to say, and I and one of my favorite podcasts and my favorite articles we've ever done is what lies beneath children's behavior. I think that is, that's why, that's why I love early childhood and kids. That's why I want to, to do all this. But 50% of the time, when we're in a transition class or in a, in a conflict in the classroom, whether it's biting or hitting or somebody who wants to fly off the top of the slide, <laughs> what, who, somebody who wants to leap, I mean, whatever that behavior is, I don't know why. And I've done this for 30 years. I don't so know why. why. But I have some great guesses. And so what I do is I go, I, you, now you can't respond from heart, you go to brain. Because your heart is like, <gasps> I'm confused, I'm ambiguous, I don't know what to do. I can't be a good teacher if I don't understand the kids. And the parents are looking at me to know. Right. I don't know. I don't know. And so what I do is I go to my head and I say, the last hundred times I had to respond to this, this is what worked. The last hundred times I had to respond to this, I did this, and then they surprised the bejeebies out of me. And I went, oh my gosh, who knew this was possible? 
So it's a little bit of trial and error. It's all trial and error. It's all, it's life. You don't know. You don't know. And so you get to hold that. And whether it's the emotional of, I can't be a good parent when I don't know. I can't help her. And there's nothing worse than being helpless. Yeah. Or I can't fix it. That's mine. (laughs) Yeah. The reality is you just say, hmm, I wonder what's going on. And you hold it on the side. And you give her them all the gift of let's just wait and see. Let's 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 do this for now and see how it turns out. And that's gonna work really well with ten year olds too. Every time I have a conversation with Karen, I leave feeling so empowered. <laughs> like I feel I do. I leave feeling like, okay, I am gonna I'm not gonna be the yeller. I'm gonna take it down a notch. I'm gonna do it. And I, I truly in my gut I commit to that internally. I'm like, I am going to rock this. It's going to be awesome. And then someone pulls someone's hair. Someone's like, Mom, she's doing this. And I I just have that trigger. And I'm like, how do I take a step back and not be that parent who is going to yell or get crazy or lose my mind just trying to stop whatever situation is happening? But everything you're saying is it is 100% accurate. It's so challenging for me to put it into practice because, like you said, I'm wired a certain way and I've already kind of started this yeah. journey. And now it requires me taking a deep look inside, stepping back and, like, reinventing the way that I parent my kids. And it's so challenging. I'm going to have you do your wrap-up. But my reaction to that is, first, I don't want to change either one of you. No, I know you don't. Not, no one. I That would be, that would destroy. No, I say it as a compliment. But, but, but I'm also saying it for out there. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. want, I don't want you guys to be less reactive. I, I mean, it's, that's what makes you the beautiful parents you are. Don't change that. But, but I need you to be kinder and gentler with yourselves and your expectations on yourselves and on your children. And I need you to know that so much of what you're asking of yourself and of your children is, is, is something I couldn't give ever. So, and we need, so you have to take care of yourself and watch your expectations. And, and yes, we need to come back to the discipline. We could do part two on this for the, yeah. I still didn't answer the how-to, but the how-to is literally the problem-solving strategies. How do I contain it? How do I stop it? How do I let go of it? How do I, how do I teach what I'm trying to teach? It's, for me, I'm a whole-to-part person. I go from big picture to the small. So we'll come back. But for now, how have you got this? Walking away with whatever answers you got or didn't get, how have you got this going forward? Mm. Um, I guess just... Uh... Did you feel like it was enough? I mean, I truly yeah. no, I know. felt bad. <laughs> no, no, that I, feel bad. no, no. <laughs> but this idea that the answers don't work. Yeah. Like, there's a sense of there's going to be this miss. Right. Between that easy go, that easy right answer and your sanity. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I got it because I'm just going to try to help her figure out why things are happening and the solutions so that they don't happen in the future or remove her from the situation when it happens. And, and you're going to text me all week with that. <laughs> yeah, but what about this? What about this? Just give me the specifics okay. and we'll come back. And okay. maybe we're going to do a monthly, um, a, a weekly. We're, we're going to come back and do something else. 
Um, I think I've got this because the more that I am now back in the trenches again with a toddler after it's been so many years, you forget how dynamic parenting is. It's not a static thing where there's one right or wrong answer. And I think you're right. We have to be kind to ourselves and gentle to ourselves and remind ourselves that we are the experts in our parents, in our children, nobody else, right? So we have to kind of take things on a sliding scale and case-by-case situation, do the best we can, and then also do an autopsy of it after, maybe, for ourselves internally and look and say, how could I have maybe handled that better? I lost it. I shouldn't have. With your partners, with your friends, with family, with yourself. Yeah. 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 And and as we talked before the podcast started, you might need, you know, just some breaks (laughs) to enjoy and let it all go. 100%. Chemically or otherwise. (laughs) So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules. You write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Lippman for the great intro. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.